welcome everybody to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host. And by you, I mean a special, special person, my mother. Hey, what's going on? Thanks for coming on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So uh, when I said anybody could be the, the host of this podcast and you, you decided you wanted to come on, what was your initial reaction? Like, why were you, why were you like, I want to come on this podcast? Like, what was, what, what caught your eye about it, I guess? Oh, well, besides the fact that my son is doing a podcast now, um, yeah, besides that, lend a little support. Lend a little support. So you're saying, you don't believe that I can get famous on my own. I need help from my mom. Not necessarily. <laughs> I, don't, I think you're, you're very accomplished in many things. I don't think you necessarily need my help. Uh, well, I would disagree. I need many adults' help, even though I am an adult myself. <laughs> oh, you're the first adult I've ever heard actually uh, admit that. Yeah. When you're, like, um, at your age even, you're probably still like, when can an adult start helping me? <laughs> <When can> I... <laughs> yeah, actually, um, yeah, moving in here wasn't, wasn't easy of course I was only like I don't know four months out from surgery um so you and Nick helping really it really helped a lot because I couldn't do it by myself and even sometimes um I still need adult help you know um especially driving school bus little brats um Mm -hmm. yeah I have to every single night this week um I've had to stop because the kids are in the back of the bus and they're screaming and they're throwing shit at each other and everything. And the monitors that are out there are looking and they're looking at my bus and they're, they have to come on the bus because kids think that, you know, it's not a privilege to ride the bus. And so they act like little shitheads. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a, sounds like me when I was a kid. Actually, no, you and your brother were pretty well behaved on the school bus when I was driving. So uh, yeah, I, I mostly stuck to my music, so you're not wrong, but yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I still need adults. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no. I was, that's what I was going to ask. Um, so like when you need advice or help from an adult who like, what do you go to somebody that your own age or do you what like, how do you get um, actually, that actually every monday at 10 a.m. it used to be every wednesday at 4 <laughs> um i have a therapist that i've been seeing oh yeah i forgot that therapy exists yeah. everybody everybody therapy exists if you need it <laughs> yeah therapy uh actually i've been going to therapy for years uh, because of uh family of origin issues and um well she's been helping me out since last august last summer i was I was sick a lot, and um, and then the cancer in January, and so she's basically helped me, you know, stay focused and on track and stop doing uh, self-defeating behaviors. Yeah, yeah <laughs> and, that's probably a good thing to learn, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. Right. Well, um, so, so you've never done radio before, but mm. you have... You said this to me before we even start recording, but you also have a very nice voice to listen to. So I don't. Why? Why have you never thought about doing something like this or like trying to get on a podcast? Really? Why? Why haven't you? I don't know. What would I talk about? <laughs> I don't know. Well, we're here right now, so we're about to find out what you talk about. I don't know. Um, and recently I've been like watching uh, Pluto TV, which is live streaming on TV, you know, yep. and they have all these old retro shows that I grew up with, you know, in the 70s. And um, I'm sure a lot of 
they have a lot of shows there for people who grew up in the 40s and the 50s too but i've been really getting into watching julia child she used to be on uh oh, yeah i know yeah, I, she, I know the name i don't know how much i've actually watched. well there was a but... movie back in 2000 called julia and julie and um i can't remember the act amy adams was in it she's the one that plays in the superman movies now Oh, okay. She, she plays uh, Superman's lover or whatever. Right, yeah. Yeah, she was in it, and it, it was really good because it was and actually based on a true story. Um, she was following all the recipes in the Julia Child's cookbook and was cooking every single one, and she started a blog, and it got. And she's a writer, just like me, so she's got a lot of attention that way. I guess, I don't know, Julia Child passed away, I think in the late 90s or something Hmm. so um but yeah it was really interesting and then i watched julia childs on tv julia childs actually was born in california and her husband was like some kind of an ambassador attache or something like that and he would get sent he got sent to france and there julia childs learned how to cook french and speak french and she outdid everybody in the in the Cordon Bleu classes. And so she became very famous. And her and her friends started writing cookbooks. And it got picked up by a publisher in the United States. And she's been famous ever since. Well, that's a little interesting history that I had no idea about. So Yeah, I, I also know a lot about Mr. <laughs> Rogers, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, Mr. Rogers is probably a little more well-known than even julia child so yeah i think i used to watch my mom used to watch uh julia child's i think my mom had her cookbooks too but i just bought this new set here from amazon and i haven't really cooked anything new a lot of the stuff i get i get from online um mostly from the food network website mm-hmm. yeah i do the same thing i'll yeah. print them off and i'll put them in a little folder so i have a bunch of recipes yeah, i yeah. have a whole bunch up in my cupboard yeah just in a in one of those notebooks with uh plastic protectors oh yeah 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 <laughs> so yeah yeah all right well i wanted to talk to you about something very specific today okay so uh shoot you're always talking to to me and and all my siblings about uh you know paranormal stuff uh-huh and you're really uh you're really into that you're really spiritual mm-hmm. and into that other side well um and you're really into horror movies then, right? Um, it depends. I like the supernatural thrillers. I don't necessarily like Freddy Krueger or Jason. Oh, okay. Or any so of then the... you're not even the person I should be talking to no, about No, I'm not I'm even actually to. into Saw either. I mean, I don't like blood and guts. Because I was going to ask you if you ever heard of a place called McCanny Manor before. Mm-mm. That's this place in California. So you know about, um, we're from Minnesota, and you right. know about the soap factory? Oh, yeah, in yeah, Minneapolis. and so they do that yeah. like, really scary mm-hmm. haunted house. You right. got to sign a contract for right. it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So McKinney Manor is basically one of those. Okay. But they advertise it as a real-life horror movie. You have to sign a contract, and, like, people have come out of there with, like, broken fingers and shit. It's Why? like the guy, the guy advertises it as a, a horror movie boot camp. And, and, like, if you survive... The whole time, you get $22,000. Well, what are they doing to people in there? Well, I'm about to show you some videos here in a second. Oh, but I want to okay. finish talking about this because people say it's kind of a scam. Because like a lot of people see it and they're like, well, I'm pretty tough. You know, I'm not scared of much. So mm-hmm. let me go on there. It's going to be a shitty experience, but I'll get my $22,000 and I'll leave. <laughs> well, the thing about it is that like they'll, they'll claim you're medically uh, incapable of continuing. Like right before the finish. 
So everybody thinks it's a scam because you go there, the guy makes videos, so he makes a YouTube channel from it. He's making money from it, plus you have to pay to get in. Right. And then before you can get your $22,000, he goes, oh, you're not medically stable. We have to get you out of here. Oh, that does sound so like, it sounds a, like scam. a scam. But I'm going to show you some videos. I'm going to okay. show you a little All right. compilation of what it looks like. Okay. Okay. All right. So I'm going to show you some uh, some clips here from McCanny Manor. Um, none of these are like specifically what I wanted to show you. I think mm -hmm. I can just click on any video and it'll just give you a good idea. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's too loud, let me know, and I can turn it down a little bit. Mm -hmm. Inappropriate or offensive? <laughs> oh, McCamey Manor. Okay. McCamey. Sorry, McCamey, everybody. I uh, okay. had the name wrong. So Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter if there's audio or not, really. But Viewer discredit. Okay. Okay. All right, we're going to skip through here, and I'm going to show you just a couple clips. Okay. This is what some of it looks like. My screen was not capturing audio for this part, but all you need to know is that the they were getting yelled at and belittled, the people in the McCammy Manor. Yeah, so basically what we're looking at is this person's got real blood, like legitimate blood. Looks like they've been fucking beat up. Their mouth is swollen. Duct tape in their hair? Is that duct tape, you think? Yeah. What the hell happened to her? Yeah, so this is even this isn't even in the manner yet. This is the prerequisite. So like you'll sign a thing, you'll come here, and then you look like that. And now they're still offering you twenty two thousand dollars, but you have to go to the manor and go through these challenges. And so right now, while while they're in that state, they're signing that paper. That's crazy. And like people have come out, there's videos, but people have come out swollen faces, missing teeth, broken fingers. Why? Is there somebody in there beating them up? Yeah, they get beat up, tortured, like, but not like tortured to the point where you're going to like die or like that it severely injures so you. So you're telling me they have actual people in there beating people up? Legitimate people in there, yeah. Why? And it's like, and the people sign a release form saying that they're allowed to do it so they can't be sued. And, like, it's nothing, like, life-threatening, but it's as bad as, like, they'll break your finger, you know, black eyes. I don't think so. And so, like, is it worth the 22 grand? No. You could probably get 22 grand a different way. Yeah. I mean, in a more fun way. I mean, you could go on naked and afraid, and you're, I mean, you're still equally torturing yourself, but at least you're, like, it's like a survival effort, you know? You mean they actually pay people to go on naked and afraid? Yeah, they give you a check for being on there. Really? Yeah. I don't know if it's a lot, but it's probably worth more than this, but this is for, like... I think that a lot of people that do this are probably looking for like a, I want to get as real to a horror movie as I can. I don't think they're expecting this. Oh, <laughs> so in other words, people are kind of looking for an adrenaline rush. Yeah, but I don't think this is what they're looking for when they do that. Yeah. Because there's so many negative feet. Like people who have survived and gotten the money, mm -hmm. they, they come out and they're like, it wasn't worth it though. Yeah. It's, this could cause serious PTSD and shit. No kidding. And then, and then the guy, I don't know, the guy claims to be this, like, normal, happy dude. He has a whole family and shit. And, like, but, like, the dude who runs this, I think that some scandal came out. I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't actually know for sure. But I'm pretty sure some scandal came out about him. And then everybody was like, well, we're not surprised. Look at what his business is. Yeah, he kind of looks like he might be a master at conning people. Yeah, so, anyways, I thought I would chit-chat about that. I found that the other day, and it's just been, it kind of trips me out a little bit. So, I'm like, I really, like, I seek out the scariest haunted houses I can. Yeah, you but I don't know, know if that's exactly what I'm looking for. You know, even when I'm watching all these shows um, about 
you know, especially these paranormal investigators and stuff. I'm like, to me, it just seems like they're torturing the dead when um, I think in a lot of times uh, paranormal activity is really misunderstood. Um, I think that um, there's some people when they die, they get lost. They don't know they're dead. And so they hang around. You just need, they need somebody to, you know, like a psychic medium or whatever to go in and help them find the light so that they can go on. And it makes me kind of pissed off that these, you know, ghost hunters or whatever, they kind of add fuel to the fire. They're not really helping the lost souls get, you know, carried on, you know. Yeah. So. Well, as someone who doesn't believe or follow much of that, like. My only question would be, what would you say to people who are, because, I mean, you follow and, and enjoy some paranormal investigation, right? So Well, I also enjoy that watching about cryptid stuff, too. I watch some, oh, God, some scary stuff. You know, I do believe in, there's things in this world that we can't explain. Yeah. So, so. I mean, what would you say to those paranormal investigators to more respect that, I suppose? Um... I would tell them that they they need to stop torturing the souls and finding a way to help them cross over to the other side. So, right, because they're not actually doing that. So, like, they're making money off the dead, basically, instead or, of instead or off to, somebody yeah. else's, you know, uh, you know, being lost or somebody else's pain. I mean, I I think a lot of reason why souls get trapped here is because they don't either know they're dead. Or, um, for some other reason, I think sometimes when people commit suicide, they can get stuck here too. Um, so I don't know they should be helping the dead, not torturing them. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. 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 So they should be helping them. Like it's the same paradox as, uh, a lot of those like charities that claim to be helping and I, people in different countries. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. And I also learned that just because you die doesn't change who you are as a person. You're still the same person. Even in death, so. Oh, okay. Well, that sucks. I was kind of hoping I'd be cooler after death. But, but basically, <laughs> we're just here for life lessons, you know, and then we may choose to return or, or not, so. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, you believe in Satan. You have Satan. No, no, I don't. I don't believe in Satan. I, I Well, it, you just do that for attention getting I or something. I just do that to... Uh, shock value. Yeah, like shock Christians, like the overly religious people. Yeah. Yeah, that's the reason. If I if I actually believe in any type of religion, I probably wouldn't have any of that on my car. Because wouldn't that be bad? Because in the terms of Christianity, it would be bad to hail Satan, because you wouldn't want to end up in hell. In theory, right? I don't know. Um... I think Satanists are, they get a bad rap, you know. Um, I think it's people who, um, like I was talking to Victoria. She's going to be my new roommate soon. I told her, I said, I think that um, actual practicing Wicca witches, like myself and her, um, we get a bad rap because they think the pentagram is like, they think it's a satanic symbol, but it's not. It's actually... The five-pointed star pointed as a ram. That's a Satanist symbol, you know, mm-hmm. where a yeah. pentagram is for protection, you know, and people get them all confused and stuff. There's nothing wrong with the Satanists. They believe pretty much, they have the same values pretty much Christians do. I mean, it's all relevant, <laughs> irrelevant. But um, 
I think that um, there's people who practice black magic. They practice chaos magic and um, blood sacrifice. And those are all dark. And I don't practice any of those. Um, basically, the Wiccan religion, the rule is harm none. Because if you do, it comes back two and three times what you put out there. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. I just got a pentagram as my shifter, my shift knob. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat, actually. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, I, uh, I don't know why we can't follow that sentiment without having to follow any religion or spiritual thing at all. Why can't most people just follow the sentiment of don't be a shit to other people? And, like, without getting spiritual about it even, generally, if you're in a negative space, so usually you'd be doing negative things to people, if you're in a negative space, you're basically creating your own world around you. So if you're negative, it's going to be negative. Right. Like, even in the worst times, because you can't always control that negative things will happen, even in the worst times, if you keep the most positive mind state, it's bound to come out positive on the other end. Right. So I don't know why, I don't know, people have a hard time following that, I suppose, so. Well, you know, <clears throat> Christianity has been so ingrained in um, American culture and um, other cultures, too. And you can blame that on uh, Roman Catholicism, um, Constantine. Was it Constantine? I don't know, but that was a sick movie. Yeah, it was, but it's not the same. It was the, Ro- it was the Roman Emperor, um, Constantine. Yep, he's the one. Um, they... How Christianity started is um, they, you know, Romans used to be very pagan. They had pagan festivals and everything every year. And for some reason, he got a wind of Jesus and everything. And all of a sudden, um, the Catholic Church was created. And they went around. Basically, you've heard of the Christian Crusades. They're part Mm -hmm. of that, too. And they went to Ireland and all these other countries and basically forced their religion on other people and uh that's how we got it and then other religions formed out of that like the baptists the lutherans um are came from because of the dislike of the catholicism um i learned a lot when i went to art school about religion believe it or not because one class uh we just looked at pictures all day paintings old paintings and stuff and got a history on different periods you know, like realism and and um, all of those, and learned that because people were so poor, the only way they could learn about religion was through paintings. You know, and it would the paintings would tell a story about Christ and and all this, but nobody ever could own a Bible. The Bible was for the higher class people that could afford it. The priests were the only ones. And so, basically, the priests controlled the people mm. because they because nobody else could read. Right, okay. Nobody could read. Unless you were higher class, you didn't read. You didn't know how to read. No one taught you to read. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, they would basically dictate to the people and, and tell them, well, this is what God said, and this is what Jesus said, and... So people just had to believe whatever the priest said without... Because they couldn't even no. do the research on their own, no. even. Hmm. No. Well, I knew. Yeah. it's. I mean, being honest, every, Christianity and most religions in general are just a giant cult anyway, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, 
I'd like to get off the topic of, of religion. Okay. And I would like to move into a topic that you brought for us today. Uh, growing up in the 60s and the 70s. Okay. Let's hear some... Uh, Let's hear some stories about the 60s and 70s, or let's hear you talk about maybe your view on how it was, or I don't know. Well, things were a lot different than they are now. Yeah, I hope so. It's been no, I mean, years, seriously. You know? um, I'm sure all this in St. Cloud was all farmland at one mm-hmm. point, and um, Minneapolis. Yeah, that's where I grew up. My mother had me in Duluth. She divorced my natural father, who, by the way, is Greek. Uh, He was a merchant marine. And then she met my stepfather, and they got married when me and my sister were very young. I think we weren't even two yet, and me and my sister are 13 months apart. So, Um, yeah, I remember growing up on a street. It was borderline Richfield. It was Pillsbury Avenue, and when we moved in, we didn't really have a whole lot. My dad had just started working at a place called 10,000 Auto Parts, and he worked his way up. He eventually became, like, vice president of 10,000 Auto Parts. He worked his way up from, you know, the warehouse, you know, unloading and loading trucks, but he was really smart. He knew numbers really well and could catalog everything really you know no problem and that's how he got up there you know um let's see we got bus to school well no actually we had to walk to school our elementary school was like right like across like it would be right on sixth avenue over here we'd walk through the neighbor's yard and get to the school Mm. but it's really funny now because when i was a kid i'd look at the lockers and i would think how big are they you know and now I go over there and look how tiny the lockers are, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you think, oh my gosh, was I really that small, you know? Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> and we also lived by the airport, or the airport used to be, I don't know, the airport, you know how they have certain ways that they go and stuff? I don't know what that's called. Mm. Uh, airplane patterns or something. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, certain routes that they had to take. Uh, my mother told me one night an airplane went over our house and her and my dad set up straight in bed because it sounded like it was going to land right on right in our backyard. That's how low it was. Hmm. So, um, they had all kinds of weird <laughs> stuff happen when I was a kid. Um, what's really odd now is... Um, I used to be scared uh, at night going to sleep. I'd, I'd put my stuffed animals around my the outside of my bed, thinking that my stuffed animals were going to protect me. They probably were. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I was really sensitive as a kid. It was like I couldn't see anything, but I could really feel everything. And I sometimes wonder if it was because of all the um, the tension that was in the house all the time. You know, my stepfather was a alcoholic and he hid it from us most of the time um but he had a horrible temper and yeah it wasn't fun (laughs) yeah no i could imagine not yeah it wasn't fun i um i had a brother my mother had another baby and i think it was 70 and 70 january or whatever um and um he died of crib death. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Um, 
he died in May of, I think, 70, 71. I was very little. So, um, I, I'm a writer, so I, I've written a lot about my childhood experiences and, and some of the feelings that are attached with that. So, um, I remember I could never look at a cemetery when we were driving by. It terrified me for some reason. And one Halloween, <laughs> one Halloween, we have these hills in our neighborhood that would go down like you know, they would slope and then it would go flat mm-hmm. and then be another slope and then it would go flat. And our neighbors, the Radkeys, I guess one night their dad was taking them out. There were two boys we used to play with. Took them out for trick-or-treating one night and I was out by myself. And all of a sudden, one night when I was out with my candy, I, I hear this, help me, help me. And I started getting <laughs> freaked out. I'm like, what the heck is that? And I saw... Their dad and, you know, one of the kids trick-or-treating, he was all dressed up like slumped over, you know, hunchback or something going, help me, you know, and I slid down the hill and lost some of my candy because I was so scared. (laughs) Yeah. So. Um, I have a question. You're talking about protecting yourself with your animals. You were scared as a kid. Uh, Did you ever have any, like, ghost experiences as a kid? Um. No, but I always thought there was something in my closet. I don't know. Yeah, I think that, that might just be being young. You kind of get that vibe. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um, I didn't really like our basement either, you know. But you know what's really funny is I never, I mean, I was basically forced to play by myself because my sister wouldn't play with me. She was she was Miss Popularity in the neighborhood, and I was pretty mm, much I left yeah, to play by myself. But, you know, I never really, I never felt... Um, lonely for some reason. And so you think the spirits were, were, yeah, I really, yeah, I really do. I really feel like I was never alone. So Hmm. just like now, I don't ever feel like I'm alone either. So are you saying your house is haunted? No, it's not. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) No, no. Um, so I don't know. (laughs) Oh, bowling alleys. Yes, I used to be on a bowling league. Oh, you were? I suck at it. How come you never told me this about this? How come this is the first time because I hear Because you guys, you guys are into your own thing. You don't want to hear what I used to do. No, I do want to hear what you used to do. That's why we're here having this podcast yeah. right now. Well, it's changed now. Where is that? That's down on Nicollet, where there used to be a super value grocery store and a bowling alley. There's a stupid cub store there now. A big Cubs okay. store. Yeah, but they yeah. still have bowling alleys. Those aren't... Yeah, there was a yeah. big bowling alley. I used to go bowling all the time. I was part of a bowling league, but there's something... I mean, even now, I bowl really badly because my arm twists all the time, and I can never get, get it right. So, yeah. Huh, interesting. Yeah. And I used to play the flute. Play the flute. Yeah. And what did, why did you play the flute? Um, I don't know. I wanted to play a band instrument and I didn't want anything that was too difficult. I guess my aunt Susan used to play the flute too. So I used her flute. Isn't the flute difficult? I don't know. I used to play the clarinet. So Not really. Um, I don't know. I think I only, though playing the flute, I only got as far as I could. And then I had trouble figuring out the notes and, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, but, um, I used to play the guitar too when I was a kid. And then I kind of tried to pick it up. Again. Yeah, were you uh, good or? Yeah, 
Were you able to like play like a full song? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's good. That that's what I meant by good. Not like. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Mm. If somebody tells me to play an instrument, I'm not gonna be like, mm. "Are you good or bad?" Like, I just want to know if they can like play a song. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. People might say I'm bad at vocals, and I do vocals, so. Right. But I'm still good enough to do what I do, so it's like whatever. Yeah. Yep. So. Um. So in so no longer about your childhood or teenage years. I want to hear because uh, you don't talk about this that often. But I know you did some uh, some drugs back in the day, so I want to hear some drug stories. <laughs> oh, psychedelic drugs mostly, right? Uh, no. No, you uh, never did any of that. No, actually, you know what? Even when I got shoved into foster homes and group homes, I was I was a pretty good person. I did not get into a lot of trouble. Did you not like you weren't dropping acid or anything? No, God, I didn't start doing that until I met your dad. Well, so you did some acid, anyways. Well, <laughs> you did. That was when your dad and I got married. You know, he had a friend that used to be able to get it for us. It was like inkblot. It was on like paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was the kind that we did. and That's still fairly popular. So. I wouldn't know, but. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember the first time I got drunk. I think I was 13, 14 years old. I was oh. in the group home. Oh, yeah. That seems like the same age as most people. Well. <laughs> What's funny is these group homes would have group home parents, but they'd also have a regular staff, you know, like the counselors and the therapists that would come in every day. And the parents um, went on vacation, and we got um, a substitute um, staff person to come in, and she stayed downstairs in the basement the whole weekend. So me and the girls had booze in the group home and weed and guys and stuff in the house. And that's a no, no that gets you kicked out of the group home. Yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. But I remember I was so drunk after that was the first time I'd ever got drunk in my entire life. Um, I had a headache for a week and I couldn't poop. Oh, well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what was wrong with me. I was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to do that again. And I didn't. But, you know, um, crazy. Oh, interesting. But you still drink alcohol. Eh, once in a while. Yeah. I like it mostly um, in the winter. I like to drink hot cocoa and put a little Baileys in there. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Baileys, but yeah. Yeah. Um, your tastes change when you get older. Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) Um, I remember when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend at the time and he, he lived on his, him and his parents lived on Lake Minnetonka and he had a snowmobile and we'd skip school and go riding on his snowmobile. And then we'd go to his house and make pina coladas and smoke pot. Hell yeah, man. (laughs) That's a party life right there. <laughs> so, but yeah, I didn't always do it because I was just kind of like, well, what's the big deal? You know, I've never. Yeah. So, I don't know. Some yeah. people are obsessed with it. So Yeah. Peer pressure. Yeah. Well, some people will genuinely tell you that that's what they enjoy doing, but mm-hmm. I think that they're lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. But what do I know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, now we're done talking about the past. Mm-hmm. How about your present and future? What hobbies or 
things are you trying to keep your time, fill your time with? Um, well, I got this new app. It's not new. I guess it's old. Oh, you've been doing the Randonautica. Well, I haven't gotten to do it yet. Okay. But I've been hearing, like, I don't know, I was reading the reviews for it and stuff. Some people were saying it's a shitty app, you know, and then some people were like, I found a bunch of money and three cell phones, you know, and, (laughs) you know, so I, I would like to try it. The only reason why I know about the Randonautica app is because I watched this guy, Franco TV, and he goes to all these mm-hmm. haunted places, and he did Randonautica for a couple times, and I was trying to figure out what the hell is Randonautica, and I found out it just takes you to weird places and stuff. And Yeah, three, three teens who used it actually ended up on the news because they found a dead body in a bag. So I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. I did. I saw that. They were talking about it. was Nuke's Top 5, and they were talking about how they used the Randonautica, and they found a suitcase. On yeah, a, and it had on, a dead body. And it had head. a dead... Think of the weird... Oh, my gosh. And I was thinking, oh, my God, isn't that just ironic? <clears throat> but it's not like... Everybody... After that, a big wave of people who were pretending to find weird shit popped up, but I'm pretty sure they were just planning it there. Because like, all that app does is it just like has a computer give you a random GPS coordinate and mm-hmm. you just go there. So, like, it's probably pretty rare you're going to find anything, if anything, interesting there. So Right. Um, one gal in the review said that she was looking for someplace um, beautiful and joyful to go to, and it took her to somebody's flower garden. And they had tons of flowers everywhere, and she said it was really beautiful. And the sign on the yard said, welcome. Hmm. So... I guess you can have some positive. You know, you can find beautiful places to think uh, hiking and going in the woods mm-hmm. just as easy. <laughs> I found I really like Munziger Gardens. Yeah, those are good. It's a little bit overcrowded sometimes. Mm-hmm. I noticed when I come over the bridge in the morning um, to take kids to school, I, I see they have their own greenhouse, too. Yeah. It's yep. down by the yeah, river. They yeah. They got animals in there. Yep. So goats over there and see goats or whatever. So. Goats. Yeah, they have goats down there. They have goats now. Yeah, you just—I don't know if they always have them there, but they do have them there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've been trying to find a nice uh, orchard to go to, other than Amon's. So. Oh sure. Uh, Amets or what is that place? Fun. Amets. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, I don't think I'm going to go there this year, but I want to go to an apple orchard because I do that every year. So. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite season? Is it fall like everybody else on the planet, or? Um, I'm gonna have to say fall and summer. I don't really care for spring too much because I have seasonal allergies, and I'm allergic. Ah, yeah. And I'm allergic to all the tree pollen. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that was just a random one-off question I wanted to ask you, but okay, because. Um, <laughs> Well, you, you said Randonautica-ing, mm-hmm. but is that like one of the only things, or is there like a more topics, hobbies, interests you've been thinking about? Um, well, I know I talked about doing the guitar thing, mm-hmm. Yeah, but I found a phone number. Somebody gives guitar lessons, so I'm thinking maybe I'll just go take some refresher guitar lessons. And what made you get interested in guitar again? Um... Well, I like music. I've always liked music. And um, it's just, I think it's relaxing. It helps me get focused on something else besides, you know, my thinking about my job or, oh, my God, what's going to do tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Or, 
stress. Yeah, it just helps me get in a different mindset. Yeah, that's why. I, well, that's how I feel. A lot of people should do hobbies, but maybe they don't do it for right. a reason. That's well, why, that's why I like this podcast a lot. Mm-hmm. You record a even an hour of this podcast it takes you on like a time warp. You like don't exist in in life for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also like to paint rocks, but I haven't done a whole lot of that yet since paint, paint rocks what do you mean by that paint rocks you mean like you get a big rock and you just do a design on there or what? yeah it, this is like easter all year long yeah <laughs> pretty much <laughs> so what do you uh you have to go you go out and find the rocks on your own and then uh i've usually gotten my rocks from the north shore because they're pretty but you go pick them like you go search for them yourself yeah yeah okay yeah i don't get them from a michaels or anything like that mm. so do they, they sell rocks at Yes. Like Hobby Lobby, don't they? No, like I don't that. go yeah. to Hobby Lobby. Oh. I go to Michael's. Regardless, either Or I go those. to Crafts Direct. It's funny that they sell rocks there. Yeah. What well, You were around, I mean, I think I was even there for that, but like the pet rock phase. Oh, yeah. I made a couple of those too when I went to camp. That's ridiculous. No, hmm? but like the ones that they sold in the store. Oh, I always made my own. Yeah, that's different. They like literally were selling pet rocks. And it was just it was just a <laughs> box, and then there inside it was a rock. <laughs> oh my gosh! Doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> no. What about the chia pet? That makes a little more sense. That came out when I was a kid. The chia pets. That's the thing that grows the hair, right? Right. Yeah. That right. Thing, that has that that makes a lot more sense to me than a pet rock. Because at least you get to watch something grow and you get to maintain right. something, so it's kind of fun. Right. But, um, speaking of things that have changed, mm-hmm. literally what we're doing right now couldn't happen without one of the biggest changes that has happened. And you got to experience the real change in technology in mm. your lifespan. Oh, so like, yeah. For me, for instance, I was born, and while I did see a change in technology, technology has always been around for me. Right. And like now people who are born, you know, mm-hmm. maybe... 2005 or later, mm-hmm. they barely even seen a change in technology. Technology is just what it is. They can't even imagine a time before all of this technology existed. So, like, I can. I want to hear, like, yeah, that's why I want to hear your, like, uh, <laughs> your, like, con- your, like, um, comparison between living mm-hmm. with and without technology. Because now you're immersed in it, too. Because you use, right. You got a smartphone. You, you do all that, you know? Right. So. Um, well, we had um, a telephone right on the dining room wall. That was our telephone. It was a dial. You had to put your finger in it. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the yeah, like that. It takes you takes you seven years. You yeah. just give up. You don't even want to right. call anybody anymore because it's too hard. Right, and then <laughs> we have a long cord to it. So if you wanted, you'd take the phone handle and go in another room. You know. Oh right. Yeah. Um, TV. We had to literally um, pick up. We had to pick up our butts. Get up, go across the room, and turn the TV channel. We only had like five. All right. So what was the? There was what cha- was the go to? Channel know? two, channel four, channel five, channel nine, and channel eleven. That was it. Well, what was the go to for like your family? Um, I don't know. My parents liked watching Mash and All in the Family. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, me and my sister, we liked to watch Laurel and Hardy on on uh, Sunday mornings. And um, let's see, what else? We we love cartoons. Saturday morning cartoons. Uh huh. Roadrunner. Oh, that's still popular. Roadrunner. Yeah, but the thing <laughs> is, is they've taken these really good Warner Brother cartoons and modernized it, and it stinks. 
Well, that's from your perspective. <laughs> that is about, my perspective. What about from somebody who only knows those modern cartoons? Well, that's that's what they like. Yeah. Okay. I know what I yeah. like. Well, that's a good... Uh, <laughs> well, and then, well, I hear that a lot. It's like modern this and that's ruining everything. It's like, mm. well... Maybe it's not. Maybe mm. it's just ruining your perspective of it because yeah. you have a different perspective. Star Trek, 6 o'clock every night. I never missed it. The original Star Trek with oh, yeah. William Shatner and Leonard Nimoy. Mm. Never yeah. never missed it. And then there was this other show called 10,000 Leagues Beneath the Sea. It was basically about, well, it's about some guys in a submarine. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Great description. You sold oh, me on it. You yeah. <laughs> and Mr. Rogers. Yes. I never missed Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers was my best friend. I couldn't have gotten through my childhood without Mr. Rogers. Because like I said, I didn't have any friends. I was very introverted and yeah. Well, it's great because the fact that he was your friend now allows him to drive his Ferrari, so. Mr. Rogers died like in 2001 or 2002, and Joanne Rogers no, just mean, passed when, away recently. When he died, he definitely had like a Ferrari. Yeah, those all those kids show people mm-hmm. they oh are, yeah they very wealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, on Sesame Street, first started first came out in I want to say 67 or 68. Sesame Street always weirded me out. Why? I don't know. Have you watched this show? It's fucking weird. I watched it growing up as a kid. You got a giant yellow bird. I know. Who talks to a dude in a trash can. I know. What even is that? <laughs> Why? Why not? <laughs> well, you can say that for anything. Yeah. But, you know, the thing with Sesame Street is they've kind of kept up with the times, you know, with the current, you know, stuff going on. So. Yeah, I mean, they're still making shit, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah. They're still on TV. That shit's whack. Um, <laughs> Cookie Monster is always really cool, though. Oh, yeah. He's he, taught, always... he taught kids to enjoy cookies. Mm-hmm. I think I saw a commercial. F- was it DoorDash or... or Yeah, it was DoorDash. It was Cookie Monster and some other guy. They'd ordered all this food. Oh, really? <laughs> it was a DoorDash commercial. But all Cookie Monster wanted was the cookies. No, they want... he ordered all this other food, too. Why? He only eats cookies. No, he doesn't. He eats other food, No, too. it's a lie. Cookie Monster only eats cookies. <laughs> you can't tell me any different. <laughs> okay. What d- Doesn't he? I don't know. What What else has Cookie Monster ever had on that show? I don't know. You got to watch the DoorDash commercial. No, he's uh, a cookie monster. <laughs> All he eats is cookies. <laughs> so, yep, that's what you think. Yeah, I, feel, I don't know. A lot of... There's always weird, um, like, sexual innuendos in the kids' shows. It always weirds me, including SpongeBob, especially SpongeBob. Oh, now you're going to pick on SpongeBob. I'm not picking on SpongeBob. I think it's a good show. Just saying that the creators get a little edgy sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, for, yeah. For, for it being a kid's show, they shouldn't be putting some of those jokes in there. Oh, which one? About the one swearing? Or the no, one no, no, about no. panty raids? Wait, you've never watched this? About I've been watching SpongeBob since you guys started watching it in the... Well, when did it come out? In the early 90s? Or the late 90s? No. I don't know when it came out, but I know I was watching it throughout my childhood. I think SpongeBob has been out since 1998. So, oh, he's going to look it up now. SpongeBob. I can't type like this. Oh, SpongeBob inappropriate. (laughs) Dirty jokes. Something about panty rays. Oh. You're going to tell me. That you didn't notice all these in here. And I think that they make it for the parents to have a good time. 
she's wearing a bathing suit. Big deal. <laughs> she's talking about his pubes. Oh man, dude, this this show. Oh. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. <laughs> What is that like supposed to be? Watch us. See, he's watching porn. Is that what it is? That's what it's in. (laughs) Oh my god, see? Oh, I like this episode. It's hilarious. Oh. Yeah, so that's uh, Spongebob. They have so many sexual innuendos in there. It's like, and I don't know, because kids are never going to pick up on that. So I guess no. maybe they just make it so that if the parents I think it's it hilarious. Them, so that's what I'm saying. <laughs> maybe they do that so that the parents can like also be entertained while the kid watches this show. Yeah, I guess. Anything's possible. Because well, I don't know why else they'd put that shit in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe they figured it has to be entertaining for the adult, too. I don't know. Right, that's what I'm saying. Why else is SpongeBob watching porn? Well, I don't know. You want to talk about cartoons? The old cartoons I grew up with were horribly racist, and they they play retro cartoons on uh, on the Pluto channel. Like I said, they they play all that retro stuff on Pluto. But um, yeah, they still play the horribly racist ones too. Can you really? Can you really? It's the time. This is it, gonna be. It's gonna be controversial to say. What? But can you really say that the show itself was racist? Because it might have had racist themes, but like, if that's the general understanding, because our country was in an undeveloped state at that point, right. is if that's the general understanding, is that show not just making what is understood already? So oh, like, so like, like you can't really right. Maybe like, the actual creators aren't racist, but they're just making the general understanding of the public. Right. The public. I see what you mean. That the the cultural, the way things were at the time that the cartoon was made right and so like yeah you can't really blame the show or the creator yeah. at the time like i mean i i look at those old cartoons now and i'm you know because of the way i think now i think god that that's really racist for today right you know yeah yeah and i mean it didn't make it right back then no but it was like it was no. sort of the general it was the way that of the, pu- the, the public, society so. was culture was yeah you know which has changed now, but there's mm-hmm. no way you can change that show from that time, you know? Right. So, mm-hmm. like, the shows have changed now in general, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that gets overlooked a lot, and people are like, well, that show is garbage because it was racist at one point. And I was like, well. Don't watch it if it offends you. The whole, the whole country's changing. So. Right. <laughs> Everything's changing. Every day, something is changing. Right. Yeah. Which is good. And yeah, maybe sometimes bad. Yeah. All right, so changing gears a little bit, let's go ahead and talk about you and I. We're we're kind of on the path of trying to open up a start up a business. I'll let you go on a tangent about it, but oh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to open a place called the Proud Cloud, and um, we're not really having any luck right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, businesses are hard. Yeah. Well, so. right now, I had a really good conversation with somebody who heads the SBA over at the university this week. We had a Zoom call. And um, he was saying that right now it's really tough uh, for restaurant and uh, bar business because of the pandemic. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And he's not sure what's going to happen, you know, with the economy coming up. 
He says maybe we want to plan it for next year sometime. And that in the meantime, maybe we want to think about having some kind of a fundraising gala and having... What does um, he mean by that? Um, like renting a space, hiring some caterers, and telling people they can BYOB, bring their own bottle, or we can hire uh, bar staff, you know, and mm. try to get investors. Oh, okay. Investors know. are tricky because then you have to... I don't know. Investors are just tricky in mm. my mind because it's... They own a stake in the business then. Right. And it makes it a little more tricky to make decisions and do things with your own business if you have right. somebody behind you. Yeah. But that was one of his suggestions is that we might want to think about having a fundraiser that way, you know. Yeah. So I wonder how much uh, the River Center charges for. I mean, it depends on. They have different. They have several different places you can book out. So. Mm-hmm. That's an option. I don't know. I think to me it makes more sense to go to like, since it is a uh, LGBTQ plus uh, bar, it would be make more sense to go to uh, conventions that are pride themed mm-hmm. and then try to book a, a booth there uh-huh. to, to raise money. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, what else did he say? Yeah. He said he wants to build us a workflow or uh, no cash flow. A cash flow chart. Yeah. And I says, I don't even know how to do that. And then he told me exactly what to do. I, I wrote it down. You write down how many employees you think you'll have. Yep. Um, how much you're going to pay them. And then the bartenders, he says, you might end up with a bartender who thinks they're going to overpour, you know, because it makes the customers come back. And I'm like, no, he won't have a job if he does that. Right. Um, so you got to hire a really good... <laughs> <laughs> you got to hire a really good bartender. Uh, you got to figure out how much employee insurance, you know, if somebody gets hurt on the job, you know, all that stuff. You got to figure out all that stuff. And he says, once you figure all that stuff out, I can figure out the cash flow stuff for you. So he sounds like he's more than huh. willing to help. Then, yeah. You know. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finding a building that's, not too much work where you're going to go bankrupt trying to renovate it. That's right. a that's a hell of a job too. Yeah, right. And he knows Chris and Bob Abel, and um, he's he says he's heard some bad things, and then he's heard some good things about Bob. But mm-hmm. you know, um, I don't know. They they weren't really upfront about how much the lease would be. You know, for the old ace. So, um, so I had a better. Um, meeting with uh wendy Hendricks, who's at north agency realty and looked okay. at the old daniels building and the bar itself that's inside is um it's what am i going to say um it belongs to the building it's it's a historic bar the bar itself inside yeah so um there's the floor needs to be put in. It's really cool inside. There's a lot of... I mean, it's less work than the other bar would have been. Yeah. So... Well, that's... Even if it's just like cosmetic or a little bit of making the space what you want it to be, I think you save money in the long run. And the less money you got to put in up front, the better off you're going to be to make a profit. Right. You know, and the guy from the SBA said, yeah, a lot of people want to go into business, but they don't want to have to use their own money. And I'm like, yeah, I don't have any money now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's hard to use. Uh, it's hard to get enough money to start up a business like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and in order for the bank to even want to give you money to borrow, right. they're going to want you to put a stake in. Right. So. Right. And I can't do that right now. Well, um, yeah, so the bar, bar is a uh, tough business for anybody who's thinking about opening up a bar, get ready to have a lot of headache and hard work for sometimes something that's not even going to play out. Um, you could get everything laid out. You could have all your ideas, designs. You could have contractors looking at it. When it comes down to financials, it could be all be over in half a second just by not having enough money or just right. by somebody saying, no, we can't have the money. So right. don't get your, what I'm trying to say is don't anybody else who's going to try to open a business. Don't try to get your hopes up too early in advance. You, you could be the best business person in the world and you could have all the ideas and it could be a really solid business plan. But right when it comes to financials, if you're not ready, if you're not prepared, it could all just crumble. So, right. Yeah. I think that a lot of people get, uh, and I do this too. I'm guilty of it myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, yeah, I have a really good idea, a really good business mm-hmm. idea, and maybe they do, but just an idea isn't always going to be enough. So, yeah, he said that <clears throat> he knows some people that are opening up a restaurant here, and he's kind of worried that it's you know because restaurants take a hit, you know, economically, especially now with the pandemic and everything that's going on. So, yeah. yeah. Restaurants are even harder than just bars or anything, any other type of business, because restaurants are so much more to worry about. There's so many more FDA standards you have to follow and everything that when you finally do get through the whole headache and you get through the financing of it, then you have to deal with, you need all these, you need to pass all these codes. And it's like, right. That could, that could make it all fall apart. Uh, too. Mostly you just have to, you know, if you have a kitchen, you have to pass the health department, you know, and then the mm-hmm. people usually have, Working in your kitchen should be uh, uh, certified, meaning yeah. meaning yeah. they need to know, you know, what temperature does your food start rotting at? What temperature do you need to keep your food cold at um, so it doesn't spoil and you don't end up poisoning a bunch of people? Right, yeah. So, yeah. And cleaning, you have to know what to keep. You have to keep everything clean. So Yeah, which... Uh worked i've worked in a couple of uh food places and i can tell you that most people don't keep things clean and and somehow that's still passing code so yeah so um one key to find out what kind of restaurant you're you're eating at is going to their bathroom if their bathroom isn't clean you can just imagine how they keep their kitchen kitchen looks yeah well on the note of speaking about restaurants Mm mm-hmm I think we should wrap this up and eat the dinner that you've prepared for us. <laughs> okay. So we're about to go have some chicken and some biscuits and some peach cobbler. So yep. it's going to be real tasty. Yep. Uh, I just want to say thanks a lot for coming on. It's a little weird to almost be interviewing my mother, but like I expected that. And I was still going to treat this like every other podcast. So I was still trying to ask you questions and interview you. But at the same time, it's like, well, you raised me. So this is really weird. But <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, I think that... Uh, People are going to love this podcast more than even some of my other ones because it really gives them a glimpse into a time that they weren't alive. I assume that a lot of my listeners are going to be younger, so it might be interesting for them. So anyways, thanks for coming on, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, I did. Yeah, and uh, thanks everybody for listening, and we will see you guys next week.